Welcome to the Worldwide Friends podcast number two. Tim is uh, busy today in the UK, so instead, um, and uh, in some ways uh, as good as, we have got Steve Rogers, uh, my old friend. Steve, how are you today and uh, where are you uh, talking to us from? Uh, good, good evening, Paul. Yeah, um, I'm talking to you from a small town in the southwest of England, uh, which is in the United Kingdom, uh, slightly north of Bristol, uh, a couple hours west of London. It's called Stroud. Um, and uh, yeah, we're about 10 to 8 of, of an evening. So is, is it a cold wintry evening or is the malaise um, of winter almost at its end? <laughs> uh, the winter malaise appears to be finishing early. I've always, always said February is one of the cruelest months. Um, yet the buds of spring are springing around here. Snowdrop central. I've seen daffodils. Um, life is good. Um, it's, it's, it's a lovely place to be, the countryside um, of, of England in, a, in an early spring. Yeah, indeed. And, and I'm, I'm from New Zealand again, near Wellington. And we're kind of getting to that point of the year where things are about the same. And it's getting a bit colder, but summer's got another week left to go. Um, before we get started, we'll just talk a little bit about how we met. Uh, in 1996, I met Tim, which we went through uh, in the last part. But um, probably within hours or days, um, I met I met you, Steve. And uh, yes. yeah, have you got any memories from the uh, the winter of '96? <laughs> yes, um, yeah, an exciting time. First time living away from home at university halls in uh, the Republic of Swansea in uh, South Wales. Um, I remember meeting as we were both doing American studies, and I, I remember possibly first bonding after a viewing of. Oliver Stone's epic JFK and uh, possibly walking back from there, um, chatting and getting to know um, a couple of other guys on the course, which happened to be uh, you and Tim Bryant, uh, our other contributor to this podcast. Um, yeah, th those are early memories, ha hazy days uh, in the depths of Swansea, um, a very interesting town, uh, great place, which I've recently returned to. And um, yeah. And uh, when you uh, returned to Swansea, mm -hmm. what, how was it this time? Well, our fabled Beck Hall, which was the name of our halls, has actually weirdly turned into an international student's um halls for families which is very strange it almost looked like it was a place yeah taking overseas students so the the heady days of the late 90s of Britpop of films of have, having great times have been replaced by I, th I think we saw a few kids toys out the front wantonly um wantonly strewn about the grass um it, it, it couldn't be more different there. Swansea itself is very much the same. Uh, we were there in winter. It was it was cold. It was damp. Um, the buildings are all the same. The shops are very, very different. Um, Spa has turned to Sainsbury's. Um, little coffee shops have turned to Costa's. But a uh, shopping centre in Swansea is a shopping centre in anywhere in Britain. <laughs> Indeed, and I, I haven't been back to uh, Swansea for, oh, yeah. you know, I think 20, 20 years myself, so who knows, in a few years I might, might attempt it again. <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> like, uh, oh, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, we, we, we did head down to the beach, which I barely remember going to in three years of being in, in Swansea. It's actually a lovely beach. I, I remember it as a maybe a, I don't know, five foot long collection of massive pebbles and a, and a huge sort of looming smoke <laughs> stacks of Port Talbot in the background. But basically, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I sort of uh, pictured it as some Cormac McCarthy style post-apocalyptic um, <laughs> scene. Yeah. Uh, the brooding clouds over the water and rag pickers um, <laughs> sifting the shoreline for detritus, but actually it, it was very lovely. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe that was more how we were living our lives. Um, wasn't there in, a Tom Hardy? Wasn't there a Tom Hardy BBC production recently where he's mm. sifting through the London mire or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that 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 sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a testament to the way we lived our lives in sort of dark, damp student-filled houses of varying degrees <laughs> yeah. of filth and collections of rubbish bags. Um, yeah, the, the and, uh, Taboo, I think it was called. And, ta ta uh, I think, taboo yeah. was the one, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I'm thinking back to the days of the, you know, Tesco economy fish, fish finger and burger cooked <laughs> on a, you know, spitting griddle in a <laughs> six, six men in a small room um in our st student days but i mean it, it was a lot more fun than all of that but yeah so swansea was very very different it was interesting to see it 20 years on with a different with different eyes yeah i'd say living in the student accommodation with you especially the last year university i did feel like a basic human right was missing which is that to make extra room they convert the lounge the sitting room yeah, yeah, into yeah, a bedroom yeah. which means the dining room with a door on one end and a door on the other yeah has side seating and a tv squeezed in it's, it's mm -hmm. no way to live and yeah uh, I uh, <laughs> it's true we're, we're, we're not talking about people uh slipping across the mediterranean in a cargo in a shipping container but i mean uh you know i, I don't want to make light of those situations but um it it, it was base but uh it was also good yeah. times and uh I mean, just just thinking about the bathroom, where six young men were sharing, sharing. I mean, to 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 live like that, um, it, it it was yeah. As we've mentioned, Dickens before. I would, I would imagine you know, uh, the the worst worst parts of the poor house. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I imagine that bathroom was was producing many a, a bacteria and flesh eating oh, virus. Uh, it, 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 it was almost like a seventh housemate just living in there it was oh well good time since then yes uh, we are grown-ups now so we don't have to do such things Allegedly. we're gonna talk about the coen brothers today mm -hmm. steve um why 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 should we talk about the coen brothers what, what is it about the coen brothers that well, makes them stand I'm, out i mean uh, yeah we, we've we've always bonded over a love of uh, film and music and uh, that 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 kind of stuff without being too talented at creating the stuff um, ourselves we we certainly enjoyed analyzing it and um, the Coen brothers stuck out in the 90s I think as something that spoke to us as edgy and different and stylized and 
really coming out of the, out of the independence uh, to two two uh, guys who made their mark on us as being weird as being the other um really i'm i'm strangely enough though probably their first film that hit the radar was fargo in 96 um not necessarily because it did garner them oscar nods and and all of this but um maybe maybe that's just how how, how we noticed it um in in the days pre pre-internet you you had to had to notice stuff via um magazines and uh possibly radio shows i guess but but yeah their, their style their black humor their darkness uh really spoke um spoke to the other the 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 anti-mainstream i guess and and look, looking at the Coens, you saw they had a breadth of work before Fargo, and they've had a some may argue more questionable hit rate after Fargo. Um, but yeah, to to start with, they they were just a, a breath of fresh air, or maybe a breath of dark, stale air <laughs> in into a, into a movie verse. Uh, which was fantastic, but yeah, for Fargo '96 um, really put them on the map for me. Um, yeah, I think um, I think I, I think I saw it with you, maybe or, or close with by. Was, there was a Swansea University cinema, a small one, and I <laughs> I do have a, a memory of actually watching it there um, mm-hmm. and being very impressed by the uh, the way it looks, especially mm-hmm. because it was all filmed in the north of the sort of Midwest, yeah. northern part of the states, and it was thick snow and uh you know there's been tv series set there since but Mm -hmm. the uh the 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 big establishing shots and the high kind of um long shots showing the the kind of slight bleakness Mm -hmm. but beauty at the same time stood out for me so bit of a quick synopsis without obviously giving away the ending um what what tell us about fargo for those who've, who've never who've never seen the actual film itself well, Fargo is, yeah, as you said, set up in the frozen norths of North Dakota and Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, strangely enough, is where the Coens are from. Um, so they obviously know the know the area uh, very well. But it, it basically is classic Coens. It tells the story of a bungled kidnapping um, gone wrong. A man basically pays two degenerate idiotic criminals to kidnap his wife in order to ransom her um in order to further his business interests uh his wife is the daughter of a very rich man um but he doesn't reckon upon a quick-witted smart female cop uh, margie gunderson uh who uh is incidentally heavily pregnant um who gets on his case um and throughout yeah the dialogue is fantastic uh the characters are fantastic which we we might go into in in a little bit but basically yeah fo- followed this bungling crime through to its gruesome end um of sort of fa- yeah uh, as we're not giving giving well i think we can give something away this is the, the uh, statute of limitations has given up uh, on a 20 plus year old film but yeah um safe to say our um individuals perpetrating the crime do not quite get what they want yeah talking about the characters i mean something that i'm just thinking about is that um 
there were there were there were good guys and there were bad guys, mm-hmm. but we kind of like them all because the good guys have obviously strong characteristics that, mm-hmm. that are admirable. But yeah. actually, the bad guys are the funny, even though they are quite macabre in what they do and are not not the best elements of society. There's probably something about them being from that area of Middle America that mm-hmm. kind of takes off the heart edge and makes us like them, even though they are mm. evil doers in many ways. Mm. Uh, could you maybe talk to us a bit about <laughs> maybe the the two bungling kidnappers and uh, how they stand out? Well, yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, like might be too strong a word, but I mean to to make us laugh at the at the <laughs> excuse me at at the antics, at the sort of rudeness, at the well, just yeah, um, idiocy and incompetence. Um, yeah, that it, it it makes for for great watching. Uh, yeah, we, we we've got our two two kidnappers. Uh, I think yeah, Carl Schwalter. Uh, played uh, amazingly by Steve Bashimi, and I forget the name. If if you know it off the top of your head, um, uh, I is think it just the Swede. Is it just yeah, the Swede, yeah, well, the other guy? He, he's certainly played by played played by Peter Stormare, who is also Swedish, I think. So yeah, I I'd say oh no, get Georg Grimsrud, but yeah, you would <laughs> you would never know that because he just he's just this stony faced Swede. Um, who sits in a car pretty much or or anywhere just smoking and looking while Carl Schwalter, um, our Steve Bashimi character, just chatters incessantly um, throughout about how things are going terribly and shouting and screeching um, as as they as they sort of commit this crime of kidnapping um, our other other anti-hero not even a hero at all are uh, Jerry Lundergaard, this sort of Midwest um, car salesman's wife. Um, and it, yeah, the, the, the relationship between our, our two sort of kidnappers really is, is, is a one way relationship. Uh, the Swede says nothing. Uh, he's absolutely fairly terrifying. If you look at it in the end, um, and I believe he wants pancakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, he he does. I I think that that, that there's a, there's a classic line um, while they are kidnapping um, kidnapping the the wife of Je- of Jerry William H Macy's character. Um, I believe he says, uh, "Shut the f up, or I'll show you, throw you in the back of the trunk." You know, and Carl Steiner looks at him. And he's like, "Jesus, that's more than I've heard you say all week." <laughs> and um, in 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 his Steve Bashimi sort of uh, strange high pitched um, voice um, th- throughout, but yeah, I mean, f- following these guys and their dealings with Jerry, um, who again is is an absolute bungler with, with his that that Minnesotan accent um, is prevalent throughout the film. Both both with Jerry are sort of well bungling villain and our, our very much our hero margie margie gunderson our um our smart quick intelligent cop um who yeah as i said happens to be pregnant throughout the film and played by francis mcdormand mm-hmm. who is yes. uh, a magnificent actress of course and Indeed. um yeah. you know lots of nominations for um the film um, i believe she got the oscar didn't she 
last year in 2018. I think Oscar's oh, coming oh, up don't, soon. Don't, don't, didn't she get the Oscar for Fargo? Yeah, yeah, I think she did. So, oh, um, yeah, sure she did, yeah. I don't know how many Oscars she has. Maybe she has. I'll have to have a look at that. Okay, um, yeah, that's that's a good synopsis. I like it. Um, let's move on to our second film, which, uh, okay. whereas I'd say the Coen Brothers films are sometimes just drama, a lot, sometimes just comedy, but then a mix. I think Fargo is a, a real mixture of, of comedy and drama. Yes. Um, whereas the next film we're talking about, Big Lebowski, I'd probably mm-hmm. put more towards the comedy than the comedy drama. But Big Lebowski came out a couple of years later. Actually, when we were living in the States is when I first saw it uh, in 1998, 99. Um, and uh, starring Jeff Bridges as, uh, well, we'll get into that. Not necessarily the title character, actually. Uh, but yeah, brief synopsis of The Big Lebowski, 1998. But Big Lebowski follows, again, um, that there's something with the Coen brothers that their characters are often, I, d- I don't know um, if I've overused the word bungling, <laughs> I might have to get my thesaurus out, but yes, um, their, their characters throughout their films have a history of, of solid bungling throughout, so we're, we're following uh, Jeff Lebowski or the dude who is um, yeah a man of his time um, a laid-back slacker who loves bowling who gets embroiled in a, another kidnapping um, or possible fake kidnapping uh, gets embroiled in this uh, this strange Los Angeles world of um, art and um, porn movies and millionaires or billionaires yes bowling is a hugely important trope throughout um um and yeah it's basically following jeff bridges character uh jeffrey lebowski the dude on a strange sort of opus or not opus a strange odyssey to try and find find out what's happened with this kidnapping um i mean basically he's a He's a private detective try, trying to find his way to, to solve a very strange case that he's been involved with, which starts with people stealing his his beautiful rug, uh, which he loves to lie on and listen, listen to music and smoke weed, uh, basically. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the dialogue makes the film um, along with I mean, the dialogue's just so snappy. It's so well written. I think this is something that people say who've worked with the Coens that the dialogue, there is very, very little improvised throughout. It, it is written every man, every F word, every uh, eh, uh, <clears throat> every stop, every start is written into these scripts. So although it feels very organic it, it really is just so so amazingly amazingly written and that, the the dialogue pushes it along through throughout all of our characters um our amazing characters um throughout the film from the dude jeff lebowski to his friend uh, walter a vietnam vet um his bowling buddy and donny steve Bashimi, his sort of <laughs> strange hanger on uh we've we, and a, a myriad of different characters uh, that that the dude meets on on his adventures through the Los Angeles overground and underground in order to solve the case of again a kidnapped girl. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, yeah, our, um, yeah, to 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 what end we we don't really we don't really know at, at the end. I mean, uh, yeah, let's go bowling is one of the last lines of the film. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think that up to the up to the point of this film, John Goodman I'd seen in you mm. know Roseanne, which is now no longer called that because uh, of her recent mm. outburst. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd associated with him being a, a kind of lovable dad figure, and then I, I can't mm. remember seeing him anything in between that and this film in '98. And King John Ralph. Goodman has, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was in King Ralph. Yeah, um, was. again, yeah. but I'd kind of I'd go, yeah, King Ralph. It's a kind of cheesy yeah. one. I could see him doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. About an yeah, American, American schlub. King of England. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. American schlub bar guy who ends up, yeah, the whole British royal family get killed in some horrific photograph accident or something. As a, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I. I I think about lots of films all the time, but I can categorically say that I haven't thought about King Ralph for at least 15 to 20 years. So uh, no, thanks no, for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no problem. I, th- I, th- I think there was a quintessential butler character in there who was sort of, you know, co- coaching Ralph through his, um, through his roy- royal duties. And uh, obviously... He's yeah, tall. I was think it, it was, was Peter O'Toole. All oh, right, my my the great my Peter O'Toole. Yes, yes, the great Peter O'Toole, indeed. Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. Um, the other films. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. In his broad, broad history of his life, uh, yeah, uh, Lawrence of Arabia and King Ralph come to mind. Uh, amazing. But yes, anyway, uh, but 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 back to the Lebowski, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. John Goodman is is a revelation in this. Um, yeah, hard, hardcore <laughs> Vietnam vet with severe anger issues. Who, who, I mean, basically, yeah, he he doesn't see anything wrong with violence in a in a, in a normal society. Possibly after the things he's seen in in Vietnam, but yeah, his he he's a proponent of shouting diplo- diplomacy. Um, he, even pulling a piece out. Uh, pulling a gun out on on the on the bowling lanes uh, at one one stage uh, because because a man has put his toe over the line in a in a bowling match. Um, and just some of the other characters, Julianne Moore mm-hmm. um, is yeah. is is a wonderful Maud Lebowski, who's the um, the sure. daughter of the big Lebowski, who's a businessman, a bit of a failed businessman, but who pretends not to be. Yeah, yeah. And she is uh, a little bit of a caricature in terms of we we see her first when um, Jeff Bridges' character enters her house and she mm. is harnessed up in the roof yeah. with paint in paintbrushes <laughs> or some kind of yeah. dispensers. And squealing as she flicks them all over canvases across mm-hmm. the floor, and basically uh, meeting the stereotype of what someone would expect a avant-garde sort mm-hmm. of artist in LA would be like. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, but also, she's the femme fatale in that sort of traditional mm-hmm. LA film noir um, detective, which are as uh, are very anti kind of uh, slick character mm-hmm. the dude is playing and uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I do remember a really great scene with Knox Harrington who mm-hmm. um, is uh, played by the British actor yeah, yeah. and he, they, they are talking about a Biennale which I never knew for years <laughs> was some sort of Italian or uh, <laughs> art festival and they 
the dude sitting there supping on his white Russian while they just <laughs> laugh insanely down the phone yeah, yeah. at someone about this Biennale festival, which obviously is not <laughs> relevant at all to the plot no, of the no. film. But yeah, the brilliance of the of, of the set piece of those two mm -hmm. having a phone conversation while he looks on uh, is just one of many little vignettes and little bits that you remember, even oh, though yeah, they're not yeah. really that remember. No, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're not exactly driving the plot. But yeah, I mean, the the the, the side parts um, re really help it out. Uh, add to the weirdness, the strange strangeness of it. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tiny cameo uh, by David Thewlis, but um, yeah, absolutely hilarious. Some Scouse artist. I mean, so strange, strangely, him playing a Scouser um, and uh, Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore, Maud Lebowski. I mean, she she's sort of yeah, possibly a Yoko Ono style figure. This sort of yeah, um, arty type in 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 an art arty setting. Um, I, I don't know if that has any, any relevance at all, the the Liverpool connection, but um <laughs> i.e. with yeah. the Beatles. Uh but um yeah, I mean yeah, she she, she she's uh, as you said, femme fatale, yeah. I mean she she helps helps the dude along on on his on his odyssey, on on his trip, um, on his investigation. Um Telling him truths along the way, to leaving clues for him to help crack the case, um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've we've got a ton of uh, yeah, sort of uh, of other characters throughout. We've got Peter Stormare again, uh, who we talked about in Fargo as the Swede, as as the nihilist uh, <laughs> who doesn't care about anything. We've got Philip Seymour Hoffman as Brant, the sort of um, assistant to the the big Lebowski um our man whose wife Bunny uh Tara Reed uh has been kidnapped um can you think of any other excellent characters throughout I mean yeah we, we've got Sam Elliott sorry as the stranger the narrator the the, the western western cowboy well we, we we haven't mentioned Steve Buscemi as Donnie of course who oh, is course, uh, a very Donnie. quiet character and in fact, if you were to do some sort of academic essay, you could compare the silence of Donnie to Indeed. the uh, the the great won't stop talking in Fargo. Yeah, but, uh, I, 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 and those I think films that was deliberate. Yeah, I think that was deliberate by the Coens because uh, yeah, the the classic line of "shut the f up, Donnie." Um, it was sort of written, I think, by, by the Coens as a nod to the fact that Carl Showalter in Fargo wouldn't wouldn't shut up. And Donnie is 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 constantly being told to uh, to shut up. Um, and, Walter, played by John Goodman, and, yeah. and of, of course, what of course, what Walter, yeah, who, who we've kind of kind of chatted about, the um, yeah, uh, converted to Judaism, looks after his ex-wife dog, um, pulls guns out on the bowling lane, <laughs> and yeah, you, you know. Um, just, the yeah, music I, is also sensational, <laughs> I'd say, in this film. I mean, uh, it, it sure um, is. 
there's 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 a mixture of hits. I mean, mostly sort of you know sixties, seventies, eighties music. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, okay, the okay, film's okay. actually set in ninety ninety one, I think, during the Gulf Please. War, even though it was filmed in ninety eight. Which at the time it was, you know, it's so long ago now since the Gulf War and ninety eight. But at the time mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that's clever, just playing it a few years before now, <laughs> in a time that you can well, remember. In, yeah. in, indeed, yeah, yeah. No, it was that it was that George Bush quote um, as Jeff Lebowski is writing a check in a convenience store for a for a quarter milk or even even a pint of milk i think for 69 cents as he's uh writing a checkout which, which incidentally i believe is post dated for a year in the future from, from our time <laughs> uh, which shows uh jeff lebowski uh the dude's solvency issues as as we see george bush on a sort of mini TV above the cashier's shoulder saying this aggression will not stand, uh, we, which we see uh, the dude repeat late, later on, uh, as, as he does actually repeat quite quite a few bits of dialogue he, he hears along the way. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that time, the, the early, very early 90s of um, around the time of Saddam and the Iraqis um, and George, George Bush Senior, um, yeah. The um, the final before we uh, move on to our next little mm-hmm. bit, which is a surprise, which we'll get to Ooh. soon, um, is um, Fargo or the Big Lebowski. You've seen none of the Coen Brothers films. Mm-hmm. What are you going to watch first? Um, I de- definitely I, I would say Fargo. It's um, it's that weird and wonderful um, Coen way. It's it's the criminality, the brutality, the darkness um but it, it's also just a just kind of a, a great thriller i mean i i, th- I think it, it would work as a story um w- without uh w- without the comedic elements without the sort of ridiculousness um <coughs> and yeah like like pr- pr- prior to prior to fargo i mean we, we've got some other excellent cohen films that you could dip into from blood simple their first one another noir to you know um, Raising Arizona, a madcap comedy, and the, and all, all of these films, Hudsucker Proxy, The Barton Fink, um, all of these sort of different genre pieces led into this amalgamation, which which is Fargo, which I I, th- I think really is is the their their great piece of work, and then the, the Lebowski, as, as it's achieved cult status, it, it really didn't didn't make money i don't think when it came out i think the cohen's probably don't see it as much as, as a great film as as their fans do but but the dude and jeffrey lebowski that that character i, th- I think fargo's great for a couple of watches the big lebowski you could watch a hundred times so i mean yeah look, ease yourself in with fargo <laughs> a uh mad murder murder <laughs> murder film easy way in and then get 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 in for the the more sort of zany um adventure of the big lebowski afterwards great thanks steve there's some fantastic uh memories of those films and in, uh indeed, yeah good. it's made me want to watch them again in, Just in before Beijing, we, uh, good, good luck editing that. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that those, those rambling, <laughs> rambling tracks. Yeah, I, of speech. I, 
I, I, I'll be trying not to edit anything out as it's, as no, it's, no. As it's pure gold. And, oh, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely, 100%. But before we, before we finish um, for the podcast, got a bit of a surprise for you, which is Ooh. that you and I, we both love to quiz. Oh, I do love a quiz, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yes. I, I, I love a quiz. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, it's not actually that funny. I was, was going to tell you a funny story. But um, yeah, no, over Christmas um, or New Year's, we, we were quizzing and a good friend of mine, um, as I was, I was doing quite well at the quiz. He said, "You need, you need to monetize that," and I, I would love to monetize myself in quizzing. But uh, at, at the moment, eh? You want to be a professional quizzer? I'd love to. I'd love to be a professional quizzer. But uh, at, at, at the moment, I'll happily just be an amateur quizzer and uh, enjoy myself well, where I can get my quiz. Well, you in luck. I, I have what I think is a simpler <laughs> quiz, but I didn't want to just put you on air and have you showing how smart you are so i've got some questions that any lover of the coen brothers could potentially oh, answer and it's multi-choice so right. indeed coen brothers quiz oh, so right. we are mixing it up with some films that we've talked about and some ones that we haven't yeah. but i do have three answers each time so wait till you hear the answers oh, and uh, then pick the right one okay, i'll try okay. to remember <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. can i answer without right, question number one is yeah, okay. Sorry, carry on. All right, I'll let you do. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you can, you can. Okay, question number one. What is the name of Ulysses Everett McGill's hair pomade, pomade of choice in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'll, I'll, I'll answer this without the uh, without your three choices. Uh, I'm, I'm going for Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan is correct. The other options were Slick Bill and Handsome Henry. So oh, but, maybe but, 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 you, you, you've, you've been busy. I have, yes. Um, question number two. So that's yeah. one out of one so far. Question number two. Mm -hmm. um, think about this. Mm -hmm. And I do have options, so you don't okay. have to just blurt out the answer. <laughs> about, in I, which, I, I, yes, carry on. Sorry. In which US state mm -hmm. does most of the action in Fargo take place? Ooh, Let me give you your wow. options. Mm -hmm. North Dakota, mm -hmm. Minnesota, or yeah. Kansas? Well, it's certainly not Kansas. I know Fargo is in North Dakota, but actually, possibly the only action that really happens in Fargo is the meetup with with our bungling crims, and a lot of it happens in Brainerd, which I think is Minnesota, and a lot of it happens also in the Twin Cities um, in Minnesota. So I'm going for Minnesota. Minnesota is correct. That's two out of two. Bing. Boom. Okay. Now, an easy one, but hey, our listeners might also want to join in. What baby item does High steal from a convenience store in Raising Arizona? Would you like the options or would you like yeah, the Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the options. I think I can remember it, but I'll, I'll take so, the option. Is it a pram or a stroller in the States? Mm -hmm. Is it a cot or is it nappies or diapers? In I, the I believe it's, it's the nappies or diapers. Indeed, that is number three correct, due to well, the fact that Hyde needs them and has no money, <laughs> and even though they're a cheap item, he still obviously gets chased <laughs> down the street for just selling some nappies. A brilliant it, moment. Okay, question it, number four. It. What is the profession of the title character in Barton Fink? Ooh. Like yeah, options. go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go for the options. Yeah, the last time I've seen Barton Fink, I think once, and it was a long time ago. So, yeah. 
All right. Is it A, a shoe salesman, B, an oil man, mm-hmm. or C, a screenwriter? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, that, 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 that's what I thought. He's a, he's a, he's a um, frustrated screenwriter with, I think, John Goodman um, wrecking his life as he try, tries to pen a script in some Hollywood awful room boarding house or something. So, yeah, I'm going with screenwriter. I think it's the story of a man who's a, probably a normal novel magazine writer who mm-hmm. comes to Hollywood to yeah. do the screenwriting and therefore, you know, it's a bit dodgy in terms mm-hmm. of creative freedom yeah. and is a screenwriter. Yeah. Um, but a great film, definitely mm-hmm. much more specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to switch to, and I think that's, oh, I'm losing track now, but I think that's five <laughs> out of five. So uh, we're going to go on to a film that is not really comedy in any way, unless you're a bit mm-hmm. twisted. What is the villainous Anton Shiga's weapon of choice oh, yeah. <laughs> in No Country for Old Men? Yeah, well, the uh, I'm, I might need the options because I don't know actually how to um, how to say it. I mean, I'm, I'm going for some sort of ball bearing hydro, no, whatever, hydro ball bearing gun. But yeah, you go, you go with those options. We've got an axe, mm-hmm. a wood chipper. Yeah. Or a bolt gun. <laughs> it's the bolt gun. I believe they use it to uh, humanely kill cattle. Uh, but yeah, it's the bolt gun. It's this sort of air-powered, disgusting device. But yeah, yeah, he, he's 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 a, he's a bad guy. If you've got like a door where you can't get in, and you need, you know, you've lost your keys, I think maybe for that. But yeah, oh, for, right, for, six for out of six. Busting out bolts. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a bad man. He is a very bad man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually a film that I've only seen once, and I went, yep, that was good, that was dramatic, uh, yeah. a bit dark, and uh, well, a, bit like Requiem, a bit like Requiem for a Dream. I've never watched it since. No, well, I mean, Re- Requiem for a Dream can really ruin your night. But, I mean, the, the, the books of Cormac McCarthy would make an interesting uh, talking point for another podcast. I, I read through Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy in a haze of i mean it, it's it's a nasty novel but he, he's a he's a he's a dark man cormac mccarthy with dark characters and dark situations right let's get on to our next question i'm mm. losing track let's say it's you've got seven out of seven question well, eight. I've, I've got them all right however many questions you've asked me yeah 100 so. okay <laughs> yeah. um who killed donny in the oh, big lebowski yeah i've got three options you want the options um, I do believe I know it, but I'd, I'd like to hear your options. Yeah, is it a the police, b the artists, or c the nihilists? I I I don't think any of them. I mean, the the nihilist caused it, but I don't, I don't think they killed him. Because uh, well, the yeah. correct answer is the nihilist. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the nihilist. They 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 they, they in in a, in a period of action. Um, Poor Donnie did have a heart attack whilst trying to avoid fighting the nihilists. So, yeah, it's got to be the nihilists. That is correct. That's ace out of eight. Yeah. Okay. A few more questions. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll speed up. Okay. Yeah. Diehard fans, mm-hmm. this is in real life, not in the film, but diehard yeah. fans of The Big Lebowski are known as what? And I've got three options. You want your options? Uh, yeah, go for it. The Dudes, mm-hmm. The Donnies, mm-hmm. The Achievers. Ooh. I don't really know. Um, I, I know there's some sort of religion, 
based on the Big Lebowski, but um, I'd, I'd have to go with the dudes. I'm afraid that you're incorrect. Um, oh a group, groups that meet up in bowling alleys and at conferences, mm-hmm. um, they, they call themselves the Achievers after, uh, of course, yes. the Big Lebowski's Urban Achievers. The, the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and proud we are of yeah. all of them. Yeah, to be honest, Steve, if you got all the questions right, I would have been like, what's the point? So getting one wrong, that's a good thing. Yeah. It shows, okay. shows I'm human, not some... Yeah, not yeah some, you are. You're a real boy. Absolutely. Not, not some bot on the end of the internet. Just Indeed. Mm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are we even real? That's it. Okay. <laughs> We've only two questions left now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to get back to... Uh, the last question doesn't really have a correct answer, so you can have that one. But the last actual question is yeah, the great yeah. Albert Finney, who mm-hmm. has recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw him in a, a documentary last night about Serena McCallan on stage. So he's a, yeah. obviously a great character actor and also yeah. stage actor. Mm-hmm. He's died recently. But in which film did he play an Irish-American mob boss? And I've got three options. You may not you, even need three options. No, you, you, you definitely, definitely don't. There, there, there's only one Cohen film that deals with Irish-American mob, Prohibition-era gangsters. That's Miller's Crossing. That is correct. And that is seven out of eight. I've it's worked out now by counting questions. <laughs> so for our nine, we don't even have ten questions. For our last yeah. question, mm-hmm. which, isn't, which, you, which is fine, but I'd like an explanation. Yeah, go which on. character are you most like the dude Maud Lebowski or Jesus who is obviously a bowling uh, competitor Jesus, in Big Lebowski Jesus Quintana well I I'm, believe that's his name uh, well I mean if you've got three three characters you've got Maud Lebowski um uh creative sort of yeah creative type a um yeah intelligent type but yeah that, that that's not me uh jesus quintana great bowler but he is also uh, a pederat with a record um and i'm not going to be going going with him uh, he's a very flamboyant character as well um the dude a, a laid-back chilled out guy who sort of just wants to lie around on his rug have an easy life um Drink White Russians and listen to Credence Clearwater Revival while absolutely despising the Eagles. Um, I think I'm with the dude, obviously. Very good. Well, you can have that one. So I think eight out of nine. All right. Excellent. And uh, we we will see how that goes, but we may have future (laughs) quizzes, although um, we'll see how that is for the future. Okay, so excellent. I think we're going to wrap it up now mm-hmm. uh, for cool. podcast number two. Thank you very much for, for sharing and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and giving us so much interesting information. Um, you got a fun week ahead? Uh, f- a fun week? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I've got a nice little Sunday planned, possibly heading down to a little place called Frampton on Seven for a walk along the uh, f- England's famous Seven River. Um uh in the sort of winter sunshine and i'll be working out outside all week in a beautiful garden um up in in a quintessentially english village uh snowdrops abound daffodils pushing their way through the earth as uh winter turns to spring around here so uh yeah hopefully a nice nice week ahead 
Good stuff. Okay, well, we'll obviously uh, be talking to you again in the future, and who knows Looking what combination of worldwide friends we'll have. But uh, for now, thank <laughs> you very much. All right, thank you, Paul.